Do you remember what happened on the 1st of March 2022? That's this year. Yeah, it was a Tuesday, you're right. <laughs> oh, okay. It was very important. No, anyways. At 1pm, a problem happened. The internet stopped. Remember? The internet slowly petered out at 1pm on the 1st of March. Yes, that's right. And what, what do you do when things happen like this? Well, I, do, I did what I normally do. I turn the NBN thing off and on. And um, it didn't work. So, but I managed to find out, as you probably know, there were two cables that were cut in Victoria. And remarkably, the internet of Tasmania was cut um, just from that. And here's the thing. I couldn't fix the problem. I couldn't fix the problem. Turning a thing off and on again didn't actually help, uh, even if I wanted to. I was powerless to do anything about it and I just had to wait to send the emails. Today's uh, topic in this passage gets into, um, looks. this is a topic of powerlessness. Um, the lack of control that we have over many things that we come up against, that's what we see here in, in this passage. And I think over the last uh, few years, um, we've had a taste of powerlessness, I think. Uh, did we have control over the borders shutting and then opening? No, we didn't. I was talking this week with someone who hadn't seen their brother for nearly three years, because, not because she, couldn't, um, she didn't want to see her brother, but she couldn't actually go to see her brother. Uh, as human beings, we're limited, aren't we? We're finite, uh, we're just creatures. And it's good to remember our limits. But here's the thing, um, even more so, we live in a world which is affected by sin and evil. And the world is broken and affected by sin in all sorts of ways. This world life doesn't often work as it's meant to work. Uh, I remember feeling powerless one time. I remember feeling powerless while sitting in a hospital room. Uh, maybe you can relate to this. I just waiting for the news uh, for what was happening upstairs in another room. You know, sickness brings home to us our lack of control or lack of power um, over many things. Perhaps there are many things in your life that you wish you had power over. Um, but as we come to this passage today, we meet a couple of people who have come to realise they have not much power, not much control. They know they're powerless and they realise it and that's what we need to realise today because as we realise that we don't really have much power in this life, it'll lead us to realise that we need Jesus because in him they see one who has power even over sickness and even over the great enemy death. Let's have a look at Mark 5 and see why we need him as well. So the first thing I want us to see here is that Jesus is able to save anyone. Nothing is too great or outside his control. This includes sickness. In verse 21, we meet Jesus in the crowd and this crowd, they want to hear Jesus. They want to see Jesus heal people and they want to be healed themselves. And that's what happened in verse 22. 
It says, look there, one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and lay your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. It's a horrifying verse, isn't it? Horrifying in many ways. Jairus, the dad, the synagogue leader is someone who organizes uh, the synagogue, the worship on the Sabbath for God's people. He's well respected in society. But as we find meet Jairus here, we actually find him in the dirt, don't we? Um, he's fallen down at the feet of Jesus and he's begging, Jesus, heal my girl. He knows he needs help. He has no power. He knows he has no power. And so he runs and falls at the feet of someone who does. So friends, I want, to, I want us to realize here that Christianity speaks into the real world. The Bible doesn't pretend that sickness isn't a problem or something to shrug off. You know, our bodies, they're good. Our bodies are good. We can't despise our bodies. But the way, they don't work the way they're meant to so often. Sin's effects have leached into and seeped into every part of God's good creation. We get aches and pains. Um, pain that doesn't go away. Sicknesses without cures and death. But notice what Jesus does in these verses, in this situation. Verse 24. It's a, it's a good one, right? So Jesus went with him. See that there? So Jesus went with him. Jesus goes with Jairus. He doesn't dismiss him or brush him off. He doesn't say, I've got too much on, too busy. Jesus goes. And this is important for us to realise. Jesus goes. He's with us. But Mark moves on quickly, as he often does. He moves on. And Jesus goes and, and the crowd is pressing in. And there in the crowd, we meet someone else. We meet this woman who has been bleeding, verse 25. Doesn't say what the medical condition is here, but she's been bleeding for 12 long years. In the law of Moses, uh, the Jewish law, it's possible this bleeding has made her ceremonially unclean. And if this was the case, she'd have been isolated from people, physically distant, if you like, from other people for 12 long years. And verse 26 says, She had suffered under a great, a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had on, and was not getting helped at all. Instead of, instead of getting better, she grew worse. Now, you don't want to read that, suffered under the help of doctors. Um, the treatments hadn't worked. Doctors had done her harm. I'm sure the medical bills would have mounted up. And just like Jairus, she is powerless to do anything. See the similarity here? But she has this light bulb moment, verse 27 says, When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Maybe she has some mixed up ideas about clothing and healing and things like that, but that doesn't matter. She went to Jesus. That's the point. She goes to Jesus. She presses in and she sneaks up and touches Jesus' clothes and is healed. Verse 29. What does it say? 29. She's healed immediately, instantly. Doctors, waiting rooms and hospital visits, endless appointments, rebooking at the front desk. These sorts of things had gone on for 12 years, but now she's healed. 
Just think about what's going on in her mind right then and there. Maybe she's no longer that outsider anymore. Jesus has made her whole. She, she's been healed. She's well again um, socially and physically. So these two people, Jairus and the woman, they have this in common. They're really at the end of the road, aren't they? They've run out of options. They're desperate. And they realize they're utterly powerless to do anything. Jairus is facing the death of his child. And this woman's suffering is getting worse. You know, sometimes sickness comes in a long endurance, doesn't it? Sometimes it's a long endurance, like it was for this woman. But other times, maybe for Jairus, it comes like a jolt of electricity. It shocks us when it comes upon us. But life is fragile. The Bible doesn't shy away from this. But the scriptures also give us good news in this, in the midst of it. Jesus has power over sickness. We see here Jesus can save anyone. He can heal anyone. This woman isn't just slightly healed, but completely healed. Jesus has the ability, the control, the power to do this. And this is the saviour that we believe in as Christians here today. Jesus' kingdom is a kingdom which brings healing. It brings wholeness to the broken people of God. Jesus' kingdom deals with sickness. Because Jesus deals with sin and his death at the cross. He deals with evil, which brings about such damage in this world. Um, and so this story is an entree, if you like, a taster, getting us ready for when Jesus will make all things new in his kingdom, when it, the kingdom comes in all its fullness. And so we pray, your kingdom come. And so while we might feel powerless, when the pain just sort of goes on, and doesn't go away, or when we care for someone we love, we can remember King Jesus is not powerless. He has control over everything. And he's bringing you to your eternal home. I think we can learn a lot from Jairus and his, his approach to Jesus, and this woman, of course. They just want to get to Jesus, don't they? They just want to go to Jesus. And we can go to Jesus. We can go to him in prayer. Now, God may or may not grant your request for healing now. But going to Jesus will always do you great good. It's a blessing from God. Now, kids, kids. Yes, there are kids here. Uh, when you are sick, are you sick sometimes? Mm. Are you afraid of being sick sometimes? Are you afraid of having COVID tests sometimes? Yeah. yeah. You know, in these times, we should go to Jesus, shouldn't we? We should pray to him and he hears our prayers. We can learn from Jairus and this woman, we should go to Jesus. Jesus is the great physician, the doctor, the great doctor. Not only of our souls, but our bodies as well. And so... Not only is Jesus powerful, but secondly, he wants a second point. He wants us to believe in him, to put our faith in him. So remember here that Jesus is on the way to Jairus' house. He's on the way. He's going with Jairus and to the little girl who is dying. 
And you'd think that would be the number one priority at this moment. Pretty urgent. But look at verse 30. Once, at once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him, he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see, the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you ask, Who touched my clothes? Now, you know, here Jesus has healed someone, he knows it, but he doesn't know who. It's a, sort of a delightful insight into Jesus there. I remember being at a concert at the SCG, Sydney Cricket Ground, and we're right at front of the stage, and there's a crowd everywhere, and you literally had to push your way through a crowd to get anywhere. You're packed in, shoulder to shoulder. In a crowd, it's pretty obvious that you're going to run into people, right? Of course, people are touching you, the disciples say. Why? What, what's that? What gives? But for Jesus, even though he's on the way to Jairus' daughter, he stops. He stops here in the crowd. It's a strange moment, I think. Even though Jairus' daughter is dying, he wants to stop and talk with whoever has touched him. You know, in a triage situation, this is not what you do, right? If you had the ability to help a seriously sick girl and there's a stressed dad sort of pulling you along. But no. In this moment, Jesus stops and turns, and the question is why? Why does he stop? It's because he actually needs to teach this woman something. He needs to talk to this woman. Let's have a look at verse 32. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. The woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. No, she wanted to slip quietly away. But Jesus brings the healing public. He seeks her out. He exposes her actually to what she's afraid of. And she comes to Jesus with fear and trembling. And she tells the whole story of those long 12 years. And Jesus calms her fear and calls her affectionately daughter. Daughter. But why did Jesus search for her? Why didn't he let her go? It's because he actually wanted to teach her about faith. He says, your faith has healed you. Uh, better translation would be, your faith has saved you. Your faith has saved you. Because you see, Jesus is gently teaching her about the importance of faith, of trusting God. So kids, I'm going to talk to you again. And the grown-ups as well, Wally. Mm. Okay, kids, can you, anyone shout out an idea? What is faith? Uh, think about it. Maybe you can have a go. What is faith? Yes. Listening. Listening. Yeah, it's definitely a part of it. Absolutely. Yep. Trusting in Jesus. Trusting in Jesus. Anyone else? Sounds good, Wally. So faith isn't just uh, wishful thinking or hoping for the best. I think that's what many people think faith is. But what Jesus is getting at here is faith in him. This woman's faith, you see, is more than just receiving a physical healing from, uh, for her bleeding. It's much deeper. It's about saving faith. This woman is now a Christian. She's put her faith in Jesus knowing he's able to save and heal her. So what does it mean for us to put our faith in Jesus? 
We've got to understand it's not about what we do. Faith isn't about us at all, really. Uh, It's about what we put our faith in, who we put our faith in. We put our faith in Jesus because he alone has the power to save. There's no way we'd believe in Jesus, put our faith in Jesus, unless God takes hold of us in our hearts and brings us to saving faith. So if you want to be saved, if you want to know God, if you're not trusting God, it's not faith for faith's sake. It's not just a, a thing. The crucial thing is the, the object of your faith, what you're trusting in, what your, your faith is in, which is so important. You need to put your faith in Jesus. Only he is able to save. So no matter who you are or where you grew up or if you're new to church or have been in church for years or you don't, however much you know of the Bible, what, when it comes down to it, when it boils down to it, if you want to be saved, you need to put your faith in Jesus. And if you have, you're saved. And Jesus helps this woman realise this. And Jesus blesses her here in verse 34. She's now at peace, peace, peace with God. Be well, he says, and go in this new found life that you have. Be healed of your disease. Uh, But the scene shifts again. See the change? Because Jesus wants to teach Jairus about faith as well. Look at verse 35. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? And so Jairus hears this news. That that moment is probably just burnt into his memory, isn't it? His mind. There's nothing more Jesus can do, the people say to him. Jesus has other things to do. Why bother the teacher? But Jesus overhears uh, this sad news, verse 36. Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, Don't be afraid, just believe. You see, Jesus has taken the woman to her fears. And now Jesus, in this delay to go to Jairus, has actually taken Jairus to his worst nightmare. This little, his little daughter has died. But even then, Jesus says, don't be afraid. Keep on believing in me. He wants to teach Jairus about faith, as he often wants to teach us about faith as well. So the delays, friends, the delays that God brings into our lives are not meaningless. Life isn't meaningless. You know, we may not know what God is doing, uh, but there is a reason. The Lord brings us through dark valleys. Uh, He brings us through disappointments when plans don't work out, when things fail. And in the times when we're crushed by terrible news, But Jesus calls us to trust him, put our faith in him in those times. Have faith. Believe me, Jesus says. And the fact that actually Jairus keeps on going at this moment is a testimony to his faith. He clings to Christ in that crushing moment. Our faith, however however shaky it is, has its object in God. Faith trusts to God. Faith looks to Christ. He looks and rests on Jesus. Faith isn't just wishful thinking. It's more than optimism. It's more than a hope that everything will just turn out for good. No, Jairus looks Jesus in the eye 
and trusts him despite this news that he's received. He's resting on Jesus, hoping in Jesus. He believes that Jesus knows what he's doing, that he's good, he's powerful and able to carry out what he promises. Don't be afraid, just believe. And so finally, we see that Jesus has power over everything. He has power power over what we're most powerless over. He has power over death. So verse 37, Jesus sends the crowd away. Only his closest friends are with him at this moment. Verse 38, they get to um, Jairus' house and these these mourners are here and they're wailing loudly. See that there? There's a commotion. I'm going to read that out. He went in, verse 39, he went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. They laugh at him. Uh, they've been weeping, now they're laughing. Everyone knows the, the, the girl has died. It's obvious. And these mourners show a terrible lack of compassion, don't they? I think for the family and a lack of faith in Jesus. But death is not the last word in this girl's life. Jesus is here. Death isn't the last word. And Jesus leads the father, Jairus, the mother, and his friends, Peter, James, and John. He takes them into the room. He reaches out and takes the girl by the hand and he speaks to the girl who has died. And he says, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. Astonishment. That's reaction, isn't it? Their fears vanish. And Jesus tells them to keep quiet because the girl must have been hungry, not having to, having eaten for some time because of her sickness. So it's a delightful human moment. Just go get some food for her. (laughs) Have something to eat. It's It's an amazing moment, a miraculous moment. The dead listen to Jesus' voice. The dead listen to Jesus' voice. The voice of Christ raises the dead. Even death, that great enemy, has no power over Jesus. Jesus has power over death. He speaks life into this dead girl. His word brings life. He's in the business of raising people, you know that. Men, women, boys and girls to spiritual life when they trust in him. And one day he promises to raise us all to bodily life as well. Such is his power. You know, I was walking among the graves at the Launceston Cemetery a while ago. Uh, We were at a funeral, a procession for a friend. And as we were walking along the road, uh, we were pointing out the different places where our own family and friends were buried. You see, in in the face of our own powerlessness, our own fragility, there is hope in Christ. Jesus is able to save. Even death itself is no barrier for him. Oh, to live in a world where there's no children's hospitals, right? (coughs) Intensive care wards, we don't need them. Just think on that. A world where sadness is no more. A world where sin is vanished and suffering is a thing of the past. Where disease, dementia and cancer and death are gone. A world where joy and gladness fills all things. And so we wait in hope. We wait by faith. 
because Jesus himself has died and has been risen again. He's, he's, He's alive again, alive forevermore. Death has lost its sting and sin has been paid for. So we who hope in Christ, believe in him, will rise as well. Now we might feel powerless, and in many ways we are, but Jesus isn't. The voice of Christ brings life. We often feel powerless. Jesus is powerful. And he says, don't be afraid, only believe. Amen.